This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We got a half show tonight, so we'll take it right up until 8 o'clock, 90 minutes. So lock in at 800-919-3776, and we'll send you off to Chicago. Isles Blackhawks, a little Friday night hockey action. Still enough time for us to do what we got to do. And Julian and Chantel are producing the program tonight. And you can get me on the old X, as always, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. As I said, best weekend of the year, if you're a football fan. Divisional playoffs supposed to be, I say supposed to be, with the dreaded air quotes, the best eight teams left in the National Football League. I don't know if these really are the best eight teams. I would hesitate to say they aren't because, you know, you take a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won a miserable division and found their way into the playoffs. Yes, they won a game, but they had the perfect opponent last week in the Philadelphia Eagles who were dead team walking, and they were evidenced by that with the way that they went out there and played on that Monday night game down there in Tampa Bay. But seven is also an important number. As you settle in and get ready to watch these games starting tomorrow afternoon. And seven meaning we only got seven of these things left the remainder of the season. That is it. That is all the football we are going to have until the weather is a lot warmer again way down the road in September. So you don't want to rush it too much here, but you get the four this weekend and then championship Sunday next week. This is the last weekend we get games on both days. So really try to soak this one up. It's going to be cold out there next couple of days. So just stay in, watch football if you can. And, of course, a lot of people are going to do that, and it's going to get monstrous, monstrous ratings as it normally does. So where do we start with these games? You know, there's a lot of storylines in particular. And, you know, if you want to go back to step one, right, page one of the old team-building handbook of how to build a winner, how to get to this point of the NFL season and still have a pulse when it comes to winning that Lombardi trophy, well, what is on page one? What does it say, step one? You got to go get yourself a quarterback, right? That is the secret to building a winning championship football team. And I don't know if, any, if it's any coincidence or not, but out of these eight teams that are going to be playing football this weekend, seven of them are quarterbacked by former first-round picks. Right? Seven of the eight teams. Now, the only exception, of course, is Brock Purdy, who was the last pick in the draft, and he's authored a pretty remarkable story in his own right, got himself into a good situation with the San Francisco 49ers, and onward and up where they go here and. My estimation, they are the team to beat for the remainder of this year tournament that we have in the National Football League. So that's number one. And I think it's also an important lesson, too, that, look, if you identify your guy and if you believe that you got the right guy, then spare no expense, go get him. If you believe that deeply in what you are doing and a guy that you're bringing into your program, make the move necessary to go get him. Think about it. Some of these first-round picks, they were the byproduct of teams trading up to go get them. And they have delivered for the most part. I think it's a really cool story that you have the game Sunday afternoon in Detroit with Tampa Bay and the Lions. You got Baker Mayfield, you got Jared Goff. Those are two former number one overall picks in the draft. And they're playing for teams that didn't originally draft them. And a lot of people wrote them off and thought that maybe their best days were behind them and maybe they couldn't deliver ultimately to get you to that top of the mountain and win that Super Bowl championship. But... Here they are. And I think it's a really, really cool story. And look, one of them is going to be playing for a conference championship and a trip to the Super Bowl after we sift through everything Sunday afternoon at Ford Field. The main event, of course, is the end of the weekend on Sunday afternoon in Buffalo with the Chiefs, with the Bills, Mahomes, Josh Allen. You got the two rock star quarterbacks. And if you think about it, all these matchups – between the Chiefs and the Bills over the last few years with Mahomes and Josh Allen, it's, it, it's kind of, in a way, become a little bit like the modern-day version of Brady versus Manning, right, with all the matchups those guys had in the postseason. It's one thing to, to duel in the regular season, but it's another entirely when you're sitting there and all, everything is at stake here like you have in the NFL playoffs and a trip to the conference championship. And a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, who are no stranger to playing for the top prize, and have been at this stage of the game, it seems like, forever. The Chiefs win this game coming up on Sunday. They go to the championship game for the sixth year in a row. That's pretty damn good. I I was talking about this the other day. Like, can you imagine being a fan? And I know that it's been slim pickings around here between the Jets and the Giants. But can you imagine being a fan where every single year you could almost chalk it up 
yeah, we're going to be playing the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be playing in the championship game, guaranteed. I mean, on and on, year after year after year. And that really is a degree of excellence. And it's something I think that the teams here can only dream about happening. be great if it did, but they're a long way from it, considering one hasn't made the playoffs in 13 years and the other one is, you know, just trying to fill out a coaching staff right now after a pretty tumultuous campaign talking about the New York football Giants. But, you know, hopefully better days are to come. But that is the matchup right there. That game probably will do the biggest rating of the weekend. I'd be shocked if it doesn't. And you know what? It's going to be interesting to see when you have Patrick Mahomes, who clearly has accomplished more than any of these eight quarterbacks that are still standing in the Derby. He now gets to go on the road for the first time in a playoff game in his National Football League career, which is just, you talk about, <laughs> you talk about being spoiled, Right? And you talk about living the charm life. Think about that. He's played 15 playoff games already. 15, and he has yet to play a single one on the road, which is just, it, it, it's, it's not supposed to happen, right? In a league and in a sport that is supposed to be defined by parity, and anything can happen on any given Sunday, one year to the next, how in God's name is it taking this long for Patrick Mahomes to play a road game in the playoffs? Well, you know that that's going to be a jazzed-up atmosphere on Sunday. They got the shovelers out there in Buffalo today, waiting on those long lines, waiting to collect their 20 bucks an hour, get the good exercise, and make sure that that stadium is clean, snow-free, and raring to go for the Bills Mafia coming up on Sunday because if home field advantage was ever on the table for a game, this would be the one, Right? They have waited how many years to finally get this opportunity, to finally get this Chiefs team in their building with all the stakes, and now they have it. I think that place is going to be bonkers on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be unbelievable to see. And then he got the game kicking off the weekend with Baltimore and with Houston. And we haven't seen the Ravens in a while. It's been a few weeks. And when I say the Ravens, I mean like, the guys who generally are going to be out there on the field tomorrow. Because remember, that last game of the season in the rain against the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't mean anything to Baltimore, so they rested a lot of guys. They played hard, but they rested a lot of guys. And so what is it going to be like not really having played for three weeks? You know, we always sit there and wonder. Right, 49ers rested some players as well, their final game of the season, as a number one seed and a team with the first round bye. But you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at C.J. Stroud. It's funny how Lamar Jackson said, you know, I want to win a championship because I'm getting old. It's like, dude, he's 27. Relax. <laughs> Think about what, what you'd give to go back to being 27 again, right? I mean, he's – forget about getting old. I mean, not old in life, not even old in football. He's got a lot to still accomplish in this game. But when you bring up the term accomplishment with Lamar Jackson, I mean, this is a guy whose regular season accomplishments have not matched what he has done in the postseason so far. And I think that that's accurate. Remember, C.J. Stroud and Lamar Jackson have the same amount of postseason wins in their NFL careers. And C.J. Stroud just played one playoff game. C.J. Stroud has thrown the same number of touchdown passes in the postseason as Lamar Jackson has. He's only played one game. Lamar Jackson's probably going to be named the MVP of the National Football League when they do those awards the night before the Super Bowl or whatever it is. Right? So he's going to be a two-time MVP. But as is the case with any sport, Whenever you're talking about a player that's accomplished a lot and somebody who is highly thought of, and look, any of us would want him to be the quarterback of our football team because the guy's really damn good. And he's gotten better. That's the scary part about it. He's gotten better. He's gotten better throwing the football. He's not a liability when it comes to dropping back and sitting in the pocket and distributing the ball to his weapons. No, he's got that thing figured out. You don't win MVPs by accident if you can't throw the football at the quarterback position. But once you have achieved a certain status, what's the next line in the bio going to be? Like, oh, well, how many rings does he have? How did he do in the postseason? How did he do when these games mattered the most? And so now he's next up, right? Doesn't matter who it is. Go through all the sports. You know, you can accomplish everything you want to accomplish in the regular season, set all these records, hit all these milestones. But what did you do when it matters most? And that's why I think you're talking about legacies. You're talking about what's at stake for any of these teams or any of these players coming up over the next couple of days. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an individual 
who doesn't have as much at stake as a Lamar Jackson does for that simple reason, right? As gifted a football player as he is and as accomplished a football player as he is, it's in black and white. I mean, what he's done in the postseason has not measured up to the regular season excellence that he has displayed throughout his career and one that's going to net him a a second MVP award. Ravens have only averaged 13 points a game offensively in the four playoff games that Lamar Jackson has been their starting quarterback. Got to be better than that. You know, 13 points a game. I mean, shoot, the Jets were doing that this year in the month of November when they couldn't even score a touchdown. It's got to be better. 56% completion when you're talking about him throwing the football in the postseason. It has to be better. Now, can the Ravens win with a subpar performance tomorrow? Yeah, probably. They could because their defense is really, really, really good. And I think that they could find ways to run the football and to move it up and down the field, you know, and maybe confuse a young quarterback into making some mistakes in C.J. Stroud and a Texans team that nobody – I don't care who you are. Nobody thought we'll be playing the second weekend of the NFL playoffs. But here we are. So, yeah, if you want to talk about legacies and what's up for grabs, to me, Lamar Jackson is at the top of the list. Hands down. Not even close. And then I think you could also throw Josh Allen's name into the conversation because, you know, Josh Allen's another one of these guys who's accomplished a hell of a lot. But, you know, clock is starting to tick. When is he going to win that big game? Against Mahomes in the playoffs, against the Chiefs. You got them in your building this year. There shouldn't be any more excuses. And furthermore, I think Buffalo's the better team. If you've watched these clubs all season long, you'd be hard-pressed to sit here and say that Kansas City has better talent than the Buffalo Bills do. I know the Bills are a little banged up, but they're the better football team. And then tomorrow night, you got Green Bay, you got San Francisco. These two are no strangers to locking horns in the month of January. They've met a lot in the postseason. There have been some great matchups. Great matchups. But recently, the Niners have gotten the better of them, at least when it's Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. So why should this be any different coming up tomorrow night? What case can you make for Jordan Love and company to continue this remarkable string of football that he has played in his first go-round in the postseason? Yeah, I know the Niners are the best team. They're the heavy favorites. They're at home. But how many people thought that Jordan Love and the Packers were going to waltz into Dallas last week like they didn't just absolutely annihilate Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? But they did, and that's why you watch these games. I can't wait for this weekend, really and truly. And like I said, we don't have too many of these days left, so you might as well make the most of it. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Want to get plenty of football calls up here. We don't have many of these football Fridays left, right? we got to take as much as we can from them. I brought up the legacies. Curious to see what you think. Who has the most at stake this weekend? And just from a fan standpoint, without having a dog in the fight, which, which of these games to you maybe doesn't necessarily do it for you? You know, what's the least watchable of the four games this weekend? I'll give you my thoughts. We'll do NFL picks a little bit later on in the program. Got off to a 2-1 and one start in the playoffs last week. We'll see if we can keep it going here on Divisional Playoff Weekend. Throwing a little bit of basketball as well with the Knicks hanging on for dear life last night against the awful, awful Washington Wizards, who I don't know what's worse, the Wizards as a basketball team or those disgusting uniforms that they sported last night at MSG. I guess that's their city edition. Dreadful. I, I mean... You look good, you play good. Well, what if your uniforms look terrible? I guess you play terrible. That's why the Wizards are, what, 7-33 and or whatever this season. I don't know if that was a joke, but I'll appreciate it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're rolling until 8 o'clock tonight on this Football Friday. Dan Gross' show. We get it rolling right after this on 98.7 ESPN. So, you know, I, I bring up the legacies with these quarterbacks. You know, because they stand out more. I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk about, you know, the left guard and what his legacy is and what's at stake for his reputation, and, and nobody cares about that, right? The quarterback and the head coach are the only ones that get the wins and the losses assigned next to their names when you talk about history. And it doesn't matter how good of a player you are during the regular season. Everybody wants to see you do it when it matters most. I don't think it's entirely fair, but that's just the way the conversation ends up flowing here. I mean, you take – go back – you don't even have to go back that long ago. Remember Peyton Manning's career. Okay, Peyton Manning – 
was as good a quarterback, maybe the best regular season quarterback in the history of football. Okay, you can make a hell of a case. Guy won, what, six MVP awards. Nobody's won more most valuable players than Peyton Manning. Six. He had, I think, two or three MVPs before he even won his first Super Bowl. Yet, people were still trying to throw cold water on his game and his career and his legacy because everybody just wants to compare you to the guys that came before. I mean, that's, that's why we do this. That's like what the medium is kind of forged on. Right, but there was a while there that Peyton Manning, despite winning MVPs, had a losing record in the postseason for a long time. Right, he didn't win that first Super Bowl until he was, what, seven, eight years into the league. And then it's like, oh, okay. You know, I bring up the John Elway example a lot, going back to the 80s. I mean, John Elway was a guy who took three teams to the Super Bowl in the 80s. Teams that weren't that, that good. And he took them there essentially on his back. They had no business being in the Super Bowl. Guy was a phenomenal player. A wonderful singular talent. MVP. And yet, people wanted to throw cold water on what John Elway and the Broncos accomplished all those years because they spit the bit in the Super Bowl. And the results in those games just got worse and worse and worse, and they became laughably bland, especially that last one to the 49ers in that 89 season. And then at the end of Elway's career, he goes out on top winning two Super Bowls, even though he wasn't as big of a key cog that he was certainly in his prime years, but he had a better team around him. He had an NFL MVP in Terrell Davis running the football, right? Good defense, all those other things. Really, really a Hall of Fame tight end in Shannon Sharp, among other things. And all of a sudden, his career is viewed differently because he is now a two-time Super Bowl champ. Not just somebody who was never able to rise to the occasion. So, look, I'm not sitting here telling you that, you know, Mahomes is fine. Okay, we know that he's a great, he's going to be one of the all-time greats. He's accomplished more than, you know, 90% of quarterbacks are going to accomplish in their time in the National Football League. But for a guy like Josh Allen, in a little bit, this is put up or shut up. Because the Bills, and I give them credit, they've kind of gathered themselves here down the stretch. And they've made something of a season that looked like it kind of was going nowhere. And remember, the mid, I would say middle of November, right? Buffalo looked like a team that might not even make the playoffs this year, right? They fired one of the coordinators, made them a scapegoat. And that's what you got to do, right? You got to use every bullet you can if you're a head coach just to save your own you-know-what. But they've gathered themselves here. They've caught a couple of breaks along the way. And now they put themselves in position to where they're division champs again. And they have their arch nemesis in the playoffs coming into their building. That's why it's a big game for Josh Allen. So he could turn the conversation from the Super Bowl window closing for this group to potentially being 60 minutes away from getting to that Super Bowl. And I think it also holds true with a Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, to be fair, they both have a lot of football ahead of them. But these are opportunities you don't want to squander because it really lines up perfectly for the Baltimore Ravens. I came across this stat, which I thought was interesting. Baltimore has a team with a first-team All-Pro quarterback, and they've got the number one scoring defense in the National Football League this year. That's the fourth time that has happened since the league merger. First-team All-Pro quarterback and the number one scoring defense. Okay, there have been four instances. The other three, 72 Dolphins, 78 Steelers, 96 Packers. You know what they all have in common? They won a Super Bowl. And now Baltimore's getting a chance, at least tomorrow, with a team that nobody thought was going to be here in Houston and a rookie quarterback playing his first road game in the playoffs in his NFL career. Will the lights be too bright? Me personally, I don't even mind the game. Like, I know a lot of people are kind of throwing cold water on it, saying, well, that's, you know, the, the ESPN Invitational, Houston Texans, right? It's a match made in heaven. 4.30 on a Saturday that leads off wild card weekend. It leads off divisional playoff weekend. To me, I don't even think that that's the least watchable game of the weekend. To me, the game that probably does the least for me. Now, look, I love all the games. Don't get me wrong. But if I had to pick one, like, you know, so you, you could only watch three, I'm probably throwing Bucks lions out the window. That would be the one. Number one, because it's an indoor game. You guys know I hate indoor football. Hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. And it's the Bucks and the Lions. Like, the Bucks to me, are a flawed football team, right? They took advantage of being the best team in a crummy division, played a dead team in Philadelphia last week, and here they are. All right, the Lions are a good story, but... 
again, there's two teams. It takes two to tango. So if you're asking me, that's the matchup that I could probably most afford to live without. But I'm slow to consume every single second of it. It's the way this thing works. 800-919-3776. Let's get some calls up here. Divisional playoff weekend, best weekend of the year in the National Football League. Wes in East Hanover, he's going to be our leadoff hitter here on 98.7 ESPN. Wesley, how are you? Uh, what's going on, Dan? I'm doing well and good evening, company. No, so uh, to answer your legacy question from my uh, thing, from my perspective, I think Mahomes has the most to gain tonight. And the reason why is because he can cement himself as a wall that no one can get through. It doesn't matter if he's on the road. doesn't matter if he's at home. Uh, he can go in and he can win a football game, and you've got to get through him. So he's like Jordan of the 90s for the Knicks. They were great teams, but they couldn't get through him, and you had to go through him. So I think he's got the most to prove and just set up for long-term success to be the great. Interesting. interesting. Wes, I say that's, I'll tell you why that's interesting, because I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that Mahomes has anything to lose as far as legacy. Like, if Kansas City goes out there on Sunday and they lose 55-3, to I'm not going to look at Mahomes any differently than I do now. I, I agree with you 100%, but I think he has the most to win. Uh, because uh, Lamar Jackson, he's going to have that one title, but is he going to be the force to be reckoned with uh, that Mahomes is? And that to me is, the, is what I'm thinking about with legacy. I'm thinking about long-term, the highest ceiling possible, and Mahomes has the most to gain from this weekend, from my opinion, because he's already got the MVP. He's already got two Super Bowls. Now it's can he win on the road? If he wins on the road, now he wins at home, he wins on the road. It doesn't matter where he's at. you got to go through him, and uh, good luck. So, 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 so what you're saying though. basically is, and I think I'm reading it right, is that I think we all agree he's the guy right now. He's the best quarterback in the game. He wins this. He now takes him step, himself up another notch to another level that nobody is even close to is what you're saying. I think that is correct because look at his team this year. He's put the ball uh, in their hands, and they just dropped it. So this has not even been your your standard Chiefs team that we have come accustomed to. And if he's able to win with this with this squad, my goodness, what's he going to do over the next several years? And that's that to me is legacy. Is they and until they beat themselves, uh, that that's all I can think about. So appreciate you taking the call. Hope you have a great weekend. Appreciate the time as well. So we'll talk to you later, bud. Wes, enjoy the games, buddy. I appreciate it. I mean, that's, it's one way of looking at it. And I think that the key point that Wes made on his way out there, it, look, we've talked about it all season. You watch the Kansas City Chiefs. This isn't like a vintage Chiefs team. Not the one that's been a two-time Super Bowl champion with this head coach, with this quarterback, and a lot of the same players. If you've watched the Chiefs all season, okay, the defense has been the best unit for this football team. It's not the offense led by the Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. And the head coach, which is that is his bread and butter talking about that side of the football defense. Meantime, it's been one of the best three or four in the entire sport this year. You know, I know the weather and the elements played a big role in what they did to the Dolphins last week. But think about it. They shut that team down, completely shut them down. And that's why when they got up ahead and they were able to absorb their inefficiencies in the red zone and not put the ball in the end zone and have to settle for field goals, they could do that because, one, that defense was not allowing the Dolphins to do squat on Saturday night. Tell you, if he wins this one, if he gets a couple of more victories, that would be pretty damn impressive. With the skill position talent he has around him, we're now his, you know, with a declining Travis Kelsey, you know, his top wide receiver is a rookie for crying out loud. Be something. But I guess you can't put anything past the all-time greats. 800-919-3776. We still got 60 more minutes here on this football Friday. We come back, we'll switch gears a little bit, talk a little Knicks basketball. They pull out a win last night, and they get ready to roll out the carpet for a couple of old friends tomorrow night. We go till 8 o'clock, and it's Islanders Hockey. Dan Gross' show, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Beyond the Big Game is now open at the Paley Museum in Midtown, and this blockbuster Super Bowl exhibit features everything from the Vince Lombardi Trophy, all 57 rings from each championship team, helmets, jerseys, and more from Super Bowl legends and a spectacular showcase of memorable Super Bowl commercials. The exhibit is open through March 3rd. For more information, visit paleycenter.com. We'll get back to the football coming up in just a little bit. We got picks ahead and everything. But let's talk some Knicks here because, you know, last night was one of those games. I don't know about you. I, I went into the game with really no reservations. Like, I, I didn't think that there was a shot that they would blow that game to the Washington Wizards or that they would come out flat. And former almost happened. They did indeed come out flat because a Washington team – that, I mean, you would be hard-pressed to find anything positive going on with them right now. Although one kind of presented itself throughout the game, and that was Marvin Bagley, who was playing his first game as a wizard. He played a great game last night. Double-double, he made his presence felt. He impressed me last night in that game. But other than that, like nothing to get excited about if you are the Washington Wizards. And it's a slow, painful rebuild for them. I know the Knicks didn't have Josh Hart. And... That's something else I'll get to here in just a couple of minutes. But to let the Wizards hang around in that basketball game all the way into the second half, and even at that point, I still thought, nah, they'll still find a way. They'll win this game. And then thankfully, OG Ananobi had a real, real good third quarter. Was in attack mode offensively. Didn't do really much in the first half on that side of the court, but 13 points in the third quarter really carried the Knicks and got them into a position where they got some breathing room, a little bit of separation there in the fourth. And then even though Washington made it interesting again, Jalen Brunson took over the game. And thank goodness for Jalen Brunson. Big-time fourth quarter, and the Knicks were able to avoid disaster. And, and, you know, we've run out of superlatives right now for Brunson, right? Like, what more can you say about this guy? what he does, and what he brings to the team. Like, I've seen, like, the conversation kind of floating around in places to where, like, well, you know, Jalen Brunson's somebody that, forget about the All-Star team, which is almost like a fait complete right now. He's going to make the All-Star team because I think his reputation now has gone far and wide around NBA circles that regardless of what the voting results are from the fans, the players, the coaches, his peers around the NBA, acknowledge that this dude is one of the best players in the sport. So maybe All-Star is maybe setting our sights a little too low for Jalen Brunson. Because if this continues, I don't think it's out of the realm to where Brunson is maybe going to be getting himself some down-the-ballot MVP love later on this season when it's all said and done. I mean, if he stays healthy and he continues to put up numbers, why shouldn't he? Like, why can't Jalen Brunson be somebody that finishes, oh, I don't know, like, you know, somewhere between 6th and 10th on the MVP vote? Later on in the season. Who knows? Maybe he's even going to work his way up higher. You never know, right? There's a lot of basketball still to play. But more importantly, thank God they had him last night. And really, thank God they've had him, period, (laughs) for what this guy's meant to this basketball team. And I mentioned Josh Hart not playing last night. You know, all these reports that we hear now that the Knicks aren't done, that the Knicks still want to go out there and make another trade to bring in somebody that's going to be able to take some of the pressure off of Jalen Brunson to where when he sits, you know, you have somebody in there that's going to be able to do their thing and run the offense and maybe create off the dribble a little bit. And in the case of not having Josh Hart, even though he's not somebody that you're relying upon to score points offensively, look at what the Knicks got last night from the bench. They got seven points. They got seven points. Washington's bench, for crying out loud, had, let's see, 33. So they, 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 they outscored the Knicks reserves almost five times the total. 
Who else can you rely on? And that's what worries me. Like, we talked about, okay, when you trade IQ in that deal to the Toronto Raptors, you're losing some punch scoring from the bench. So that, to me, is still an area that the Knicks are going to have to fortify a little bit because you look at what Tibbs had to do last night with his starting unit. Randall, 39 minutes. Hartenstein, 39 minutes. Brunson, 40. DiVincenzo, 38 minutes. OG Ananobi, 43 minutes last night. That's not something that you want to see over a long stretch of a season. You got a lot of basketball to be played. You know, last night officially kicked off the second half of the season. That was game number 42. And look, they're in good shape. We're not going to sit here and throw a pity party and say that, you know, whoa. No, Knicks are fine. Knicks are two games better than they were at this point a year ago. Well, they were two games better at the midway point after 41 games. I don't know what they were after uh, 42 games, but that's neither here nor there. They're in a good spot, and I don't think that the work is done. Everything that we've been led to believe is that they still have another move in them. And how about that? You want to talk about seeing something that you never see? Or it's a, a, akin to seeing, like, the Loch Ness Monster or something? Did you see what wandered onto the court last night at Madison Square Garden? Evan Fournier! Like, that's how crazy a night it was. Evan Fournier actually got into the game. Like, not in garbage time, like in the first half, like when they needed somebody. He played six minutes. I think that they were just testing him personally to see, like, if he was wearing a uniform underneath the warm-up. Because he's probably, like, at this point, he's like, I- I'm not going to play. I'm not getting in. Last night was the first action he's seen at home all season. I mean, he ain't making a lot of money, but I, I almost feel bad for the guy. I really and truly do. <laughs> I mean, like, but Fournier played last night. Like, that's how desperate Tibbs was. He had to find something. And now tomorrow, you got a couple of old friends rolling into town. And R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. And I think it's going to be a cool night at the Garden. Right? And so far... Obviously, the Knicks are in a lot better shape right now than the Toronto Raptors. I remember Toronto just traded Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers, so they're really stripping this thing down. But R.J. Barrett's one of the guys that Toronto's building around, just like the Knicks tried to do once upon a time, right? It's going to be Scotty Barnes. It's going to be R.J. Barrett, and we'll see what they feel and how they truly feel about Emmanuel quickly in the summer because they got to pay him. But R.J. and I.Q. are coming back tomorrow. And I don't think there's any reason for Knicks fans to not give them a warm welcome. Like, none of them did anything wrong. None of them were bad with the media. None of them were bad to the fans. Neither one of them were bad players, right? I think that even though it was a brief amount of time, I mean, you're going to look back probably on R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly's tenure as Knicks and say they were winning ball players, right? They were part of a team that helped kind of turn the culture a little bit with this franchise. And I know that maybe some franchises and some organizations would just sleep on the fact that, oh, you made the playoffs. Oh, you won 40-something games. But, yeah, when you think about what this team had experienced for several years leading up to that COVID season when, you know, they finally made it back to the playoffs and they played the Atlanta Hawks in the first round and fans were allowed back into the guard and that place was jumping, even though they didn't win that series, right, and Trey Young became a garden villain for all time, I guess. But that one game that they won, game two, like, that place was nuts. And all the bing-bong stuff and all the videos and stuff from out on the, you know, on 7th Avenue outside, that, I mean, that's great stuff. But that just goes to show you how starved this fan base is to experience a winner and how long it's been for this team to kind of, and, and these fans to experience that type of elation from this club. So RJ and IQ, they were part of that. Right, They were part of a team that won a round last year and gave the Miami Heat fits until they ran out of gas in round number two. Right, Emmanuel Quickly was a guy who, runner-up for sixth man of the year, real good player, a guy who was a late first-round pick and somebody that, you know, most thought wasn't really going to amount to anything, and look what he became as a Nick. A good player. And did RJ live up to what you maybe would ordinarily expect a number three overall pick to become? Maybe not, probably not. But he wasn't a bad player. You know, 17, 18 points a game, like that, that's not a disappointment. That's not a bust. 
You know, the Knicks felt good enough about him is that they went ahead and they gave him a contract extension, a second contract. That's nothing to sneeze at. You know, this team does not exactly have a long history of rewarding their first-round picks with second contracts. It had been a long time between drinks, as they say. So I think it'll be fun tomorrow. It's kind of odd that, you know, the trade only happened like a month ago. It's not as if like a tremendous amount of time has passed, so... I don't know if the novelty has worn off yet necessarily. It just feels like the trade went down a couple of minutes ago. But they should be well-received. And I'm sure that the Garden will put together some nice little video tribute, maybe combine the both of them and show it up on the, the Jumbotron there, and then they'll get a standing ovation, you know? Nothing wrong with that. But more importantly, it's a game that the Knicks have to win, and it's a game that they should win. Because there's a stretch you're going through right now where you're, the schedule is kind of evening up for the Knicks and you're getting all these additional home games coming back in your favor because first three months of the season, the Knicks played as many road games as any team in basketball. So it's nice to be able to experience some of this home cooking. I'd say it's a long time coming. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We come back, sad day for a lot of us as sports fans and how we used to consume sports. And another harsh reminder of just how bad this business is right now. Grasso Show, we go to the top. 98.7 ESPN. Big Apple with the Jets star wide receiver. For your chance to score passes to this exclusive event, including food and beverage, go to ESPNNewYork.com or find the contest page on the ESPN New York app and submit your entry. An Evening with Garrett Wilson is brought to you by Corona and Sansone Auto Mall. Remember, th- imagine if they give out passes where there's no food or drink. Like you could go, but you can't eat or you can't drink. And you have to sit there and, like, watch the people around you, like, starve their faces with, you know, turkey and roast beef or whatever the hell they're serving. <laughs> oh, boy. We get silly sometimes. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. We're going till the top of the hour on this football Friday. Then it's Islanders hockey. They take on Chicago coming up at 8 p.m. We'll do NFL picks coming up in about 15 minutes or so. So I'm I'm sure if you've been following along today, whether it's been, you know, listening to the station or just kind of nosing about here and there, you saw the news that um, there's a great deal of uncertainty now moving forward for the publication that was once known as Sports Illustrated. I I can't even sit here and and tell you that I know definitively what is going to happen moving forward because – if you just read the accounts of the people that are on the inside and are, are most closely affected, a lot of them are still uncertain and unclear about what the future is going to hold for them. Bottom line is, it's not a pretty picture. And first and foremost, you know, your heart goes out to all those very, very talented individuals who are now pawns in this game with corporate media that just unfortunately um, – fumbled the ball again and doesn't know what to do with themselves. And and I understand that over the last several years, the business, the medium has been changing. Changing swiftly, maybe a lot swifter than maybe any of us gave it credit for. But I think that if you're listening to the show right now and you're a fan of sports, I mean, Sports Illustrated was a part of each and every one of our lives growing up. Right, Even if you couldn't read, for crying out loud, you'd find somebody that could read it to you. Even if you just wanted to look at the pictures. I mean, Sports Illustrated was almost like the Bible for sports fans. And I can remember looking forward to it each and every week. Think about that. Getting a weekly magazine about sports. Weekly. Think about that. You know, the biggest stories. And I understand we're spoiled now with the internet and we can have all these things on a daily basis. But, you know, that was special. And if you're younger and you only grew up in like an internet age and you don't really appreciate the value of a magazine and what it meant, I mean, that was, it, it was like you were reading gospel off of those pages. And I'm, you know, going back to when I was a kid in my formative years of just, you know, developing an affinity and a passion for sports. I mean, it was the Sports Illustrated. It was uh, the Sporting News. Okay. Um, what was the other one that I used to get? The Sport Magazine, right? Which ultimately, you know, Sport Magazine went by the wayside. Uh, long ago because I really couldn't go up head-to-head with Sports Illustrated, which had more of the reputation, of course. I mean, I know Baseball Digest is still around. I used to get Baseball Digest delivered to my house, for crying out loud. It was like one of these little tiny, I guess it was from the makers of Reader's Digest, because it was like the same size as the the Reader's Digest uh, publication there. But those were things that, like, you, you just look forward to so much, you know? And, I mean, w- with SI in particular, 
I mean, the preview issues, those were like, I mean, you sat there and you, you kept those handy for, for weeks and months at a time. Because remember, you didn't have an internet, right? If you wanted to see, oh, well, you know, who's on this team or what is this person's stats? It was like, no, each year, you know, when the baseball preview issue came out, you took it, you looked at it, it had every team, it had the lineups, it had the, 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 the rotations, who went where, who's on what team, and you had all the information there at your hands, and you kept that with you because that was your resource, right? There was no other place you were really getting this stuff. And so much great writing and so much great storytelling and, I mean, the photography, iconic. You know, think about how many of those issues that you see anywhere just pop up, whether it's, you know, in, in any place you go. People have these things framed or blown up. I mean, it, it meant something, right? And so to get this news today to where that either people are laid off, will be laid off, and, you know... The future of the publication kind of hangs in a balance. And I'm not even talking about just like the actual magazine itself, because we know that that's changed a lot. You know, I don't even know. I, I know that it hasn't been a weekly publication for a while. Is it been like every other week or maybe it's even monthly? I mean, I, I can't even tell you the last time I actually held one of those in my hands. But when I have seen it, I mean, like even, for example, like if I was at a newsstand or a, a, a store or something and you just happen to see like a Sports Illustrated on the counter, just for curiosity, like I'd pick it up, even like the preview magazines, which, like I said, those things were literally biblical. You know, you, you pick it up now and it's like a leaflet. It's like 15 pages and, and it's really giving you nothing that you can't get anywhere else. Right. So, so much has changed here, but it, it doesn't minimize the sting that you know some people are going through right now and just like i said another reminder of how much things have changed i mean there's not one person that hasn't read sports illustrated that is a sports fan at some point in your lives you have picked that thing up and you have consumed it because we have this insatiable appetite to get as much sports content as possible right that's why we do this stuff and just the unique insight from great storytellers and the access that it would provide. I mean, that stuff was like you, you couldn't wait for it to come out. You know, and that stuff made news. The stuff that came out of Sports Illustrated, for example, if somebody had a profile on, you know, one particular figure, whether it was a player, whether it was a coach, either past, present, whatever. I mean, those juicy quotes or whatever type of interesting answers that would come out of those profiles like they would become news like whatever cover story or whatever profile it was that's what got people talking about for probably a good couple of days if it was worthwhile oh that si do you read oh do, do you believe and that's what drove the conversation and i understand that those are you know days gone by and you know they've kept it going electronically of course with the website and and they still pump out good stuff and that's why you know from a selfish perspective i'm curious i'm sure like a lot of other people are to find out what's going to happen moving forward you know because you still have people that write for the website that do a really really good job and you know whatever sport it is with the resources that they have at their disposal they do as good a job as you could possibly expect and so it's a sad day it's a painful day unfortunately and you know it, it's not even so much the nostalgia fact or like your childhood it's another piece of it that disappears but just this landscape of like, you know, where are we going? Where is the business going? Like how it, it's, it's like it's almost like it can't keep up with itself. Right. And I, look, there's never a good time for this stuff to happen. Never, ever, ever. So best wishes to everybody that was impacted by this. And um, hopefully if they land on their feet here pretty soon, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone. That was a real bummer today. It really was. Jose's in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Jose. How are you? Hey, good evening, Dan. Shout out to the company. And hello to Chantel and um, everyone else that just wanted to go in and talk about, you know, you know, a Sports Illustrated story that I had and also, you know, the New York Knicks we thought you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. which, you know, I think the reception might be actually be very um, quite well received because, you know, they, they did represent the youth and, you know, the, the turnaround of the organization and were very, you know, highly positive next, you know, throughout their time. And it was a situation where, you know, the timetable just didn't match up with how everything worked out. Um, as far as Sports Illustrated, I always um, 
remember the time when the Yankees did win the World Series in 96 and my mom knowing that she was a huge knowing that I was a huge Yankee fan bought that issue where they won and you know as a kid I would always go in and you know buy buy those you know championship issues because they had a lot of great photos and a lot of you know great um, articles that, you know, pretty much coincide along with the coverage that was, you know, that time. So it is, you know, sad to see it go and, you know, to see, you know, to pretty much see one of like, you know, those staples that we all grew up with. But, you know, it is, you know, times of, you know, the trending of where we're trending towards and it kind of is sad, but, you know, hopefully everybody does bounce back in some type of form. And Jose, you know, I'll let you make the Nick point real quick, though, but like, yeah, to your point, you know, for whatever team you said, like in your case, it was the Yankees, but think about like whatever team you rooted for when there was a magical win or a memorable win or something, for example, when the Giants beat the Patriots, like how many Giant fans mm-hmm. ran out and had to get themselves the copy of that Sports Illustrated with David Tyree on the cover, the catch, you know, with, with, with the football exactly. up against his helmet, right? You know, like those, I can remember those, you know, some of those jet playoff wins with Rex, you know, when they beat the Patriots, for example, like those were cool covers and, you know, to see people in the years since have them blown up and hanging on their wall. It's it's sad that that's no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, and it's something that really does you know connect connect with a lot of fans and everything that goes along with it. And um, you know, as far as for the Knicks, I'm hoping you know, as far as for the game, I'm hoping that we still do you know, of course, that we pull up with the win. I'm a Knicks fan first. You know, I would like for you know the the, the guys, the young kids, to have a good game, but you know. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, I still want Brunson to hopefully pull it out in the fourth quarter and, you know, give us that win and, you know, um, pretty much send Toronto into, you know, the lottery where, you know, Yusai pretty much has made a calculated decision to take a step back, to take a step forward. So let's help him with that process. Have a good one, Yeah, win the game, right? Start defending your home court. And, Jose, thanks for the phone call. And, look, I know the Knicks haven't played a lot of home games this year, but when they have been home, they've been good. You know, 13-5. and It's one of the top home records in all the NBA this year. And that's important because you want the Garden, right? You want the Garden to be a home court advantage for a team that, let's face it, is hopefully continuing to work their way up the Eastern Conference standings and to be thought of as that type of a team. Tommy's in Connecticut. He's up next here on 98.7. Tom, how are you? Daniel, good evening, my friend. Thomas, what's new? Oh, you know, just... uh was hoping to jump in on the discussion about uh sports illustrated it's just it's such it's such an iconic pastime and i know print media has been on a downslide for quite some time but i the way you put it before just looking forward to getting that this is before you know sports center was on eight times a day or you know you were tuning into to you know sports talk radio to get opinion on this and that it's it, it's just it's it's a shame to see something like that go go by the wayside. And uh, every you Thursday, touch- you know, if you if you subscribed, it would be every Thursday. It would show up in your mailbox, right? And you hope that it would come in good condition, like not you know seeming like it would you know five people were reading it before you, or it fell between a seat or something. And it would be like unreadable if it was raining and it'd be sitting in the wet mailbox or something. You'd hate those. What what a great way to get the kids to go check the mailbox too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you were talking about Brunson, and uh, I, I don't think either of them will. But if you if you look at New York sports, you know, how do you not feel good with a guy like Brunson and a guy like Panarin being dark horses for their respective league MVP awards, and then having those guys play in this town. No, Tom, 100%. And, and you know what? Both call in the same building home, as a matter of fact. And, and I thank you for the phone call. They've been outstanding. And look, the last year and a half, I've run out of things to say. I think we've all run out of things to say about Jalen Brunson, right? And how good he's been. Remember, it's not just about the Knicks. Like, that, like reducing his excellence to just the Knicks franchise or really to the game of basketball, I don't think does it justice at this point. As I've said, Jalen Brunson is carving a story right now that 20 years from now, we may look back at him as being one of the best free agent signings in New York sports history. Not just in the NBA, not just with the Knicks, in New York sports. 
there have been many of them that have lived up to that billing. And the best part about it is he ain't flashy. Basketball is the number one priority. And let's face it, guys, he's underpaid. You're not going to see him clubbing or read about him in page six or anything like that or any sort of distractions. It's all about the basketball. It's all about the grind. It's all about the work and continuing to get better. And he might be underpaid. Right. And if I'm the Knicks, I know you got him for a couple of more years, but it's like start start saving those pennies because you know what? It's going to cost even might even cost double to re-sign him in a couple of years of what you got him for. I mean, that and, and not only one of the best free agent signings dollar for dollar, a bargain, a bargain. All right. More of your phone calls when we return. We also got our NFL picks. 800-919-3776. Grass until the top of the hour. It's a football Friday on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes. All qualifiers are going to get a $25 Fanatics gift card to chance at one of 10 Superbox prizes. Get your box for the big game by listening mornings to DPHO and Rothenberg. Afternoons to Barton Hahn and the Michael K Show. This year's big game payouts... $500 in the first and third quarters. You get $1,000 at halftime and a final score payout of $2,000. It's all brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey and the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey and Security Dodge. Come get some. For full contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. Dan Gross' show. Remember, we're rolling until 8 o'clock tonight. Then it's Islanders Hockey. We got our NFL picks as well. But let's say hi to Connor in Carmel, who's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Connor. How are you? Good evening, Dan. How you doing? Connor, what's going on? Hey, quick trivia question for you with the recent news of SI. Yeah. Uh, in the history of SI covers, there have been three covers where there have been only pictures on the covers. No other words other than Sports Illustrated as the title. Can you name one, two, or all three of the covers of what sports moments Miracle. happened were? Miracle on Ice. One. Mickey Mantle passing away? Two. Muhammad Ali passing away? Uh, no, that might, I, I don't think that's one for sure, but the third one I know for sure is Tiger Woods winning the Masters back in 2019. I remember that one, yeah. I, I, I vividly remember the, the first issue after Muhammad passed away. I don't remember if there was yep. anything written on it. He's like leaning over the ropes in the ring, you yep. know, like it's yep. kind of, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, so that's a good one. Really and then, cool. look, Connor, you really know what? Cool. A lot of, the, and there have been a hell of a lot more iconic ones as well. You know what I'm saying? Like over the course of history. And you could argue a bunch more, too, that deserve no words on them. You know, even Kobe Bryant passing is more recent, um, you know, other bigger sports events, but those three really stick out. I'm a huge golf fan, so the Tiger one actually framed in my basement. So, uh, big loss for SI, but, you know, all good history there in sports. I mean, you could also equate it to like you know world events too. I mean, I'm trying to what was I'm trying yeah. to remember what was the first one they put out after 9/11 happened. Right, that could have been George Bush's first pitch. Could have been one. Who, who you know? Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, thanks for taking my call. All right, Connor. Good phone call. A little trivia for you. Keep the brains uh, stimulated here on a Friday night. Nothing wrong with that. Let's say hi to Robert in Manhattan, who was up next here on 98.7. Hello, Robert. How are you? Good evening, Dan. How are you? And I hope you had a, I know it's a couple of weeks late, but Happy New Year to you and yours, and hope you had a good holiday. All Robert, right, same to you to, and yours as well. Thank you. Before I get to the NFL weekend, great, great weekend, you said Knicks, uh, what's the Knicks record at home? 13-5? and five? Correct. My team is 20-0 and zero and going for 21 tonight. That's right, the Celtics. Going against Denver. Pretty good game. I would say that's anyway, a good one. That could be an NBA Finals matchup right it there. It could be. It could be. Uh, two uh, games interest me a lot. One, Ravens and Texans. Mm-hmm. Lamar going up against Stroud. Two young quarterbacks, two young guns. They're, they're, the, they're the next uh, you know, f- f- future of the league. And, of course, Sunday night. And everyone's talking about Mahomes uh, and uh, 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 Josh Allen. That's it. The thing that interests me is I'm told that the Buffalo defense is all banged up. Is that true? A little bit. Missing some key pieces, right. Uh, so that could be interesting. Uh, maybe 
maybe uh, Allen will do a lot of running on <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> it's it, it's one of those games, Robert. Here's the thing, you know, and I thank you for the phone call. We got to move it along here, but I appreciate the call. You know, the the thing about it is, again, Kansas City's defense is no slouch. That is a good unit, and Buffalo's also going to be without Gabe Davis. You know, who's their number two wide receiver? So more of an emphasis on Stephon Diggs from a coverage perspective. If you are the Buffalo Bills, I would expect those two tight ends to also affect, uh, to, um, excuse me, impact the passing game maybe a little bit more than usual. And I would also not sleep on the fact that maybe James Cook is used a little bit more out of the backfield as well because he's become a little bit more of a weapon for Buffalo offensively the last handful of games. Let us say hi to Subi in Midtown, who is up next. Hello, Subi. How are you? Hey, Dan, I just wanted to mention the next trade proposals that have been going around. It's like, you know, they're going to have to reach for somebody, unfortunately, because all the teams in the NBA are reaching for the playoffs now, the one-and-done playoffs. So I think the Knicks have a chance if they give their first-round picks to act. The only player that makes sense is Tim Hardaway because he's been in this uh, city before, and he can only he can provide a spark off the bench. So what do you think about that, Tim Hardaway or some some people from OKC who they need to get rid of? That's all i got to say. Yeah, but think what OKC is. Oh, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Why Why would OKC be in dump mode? OKC is one of the top teams in the Western Conference. I mean, look, I don't think that Oklahoma City is going to the um, to the playoffs, or excuse me, to the uh, NBA Finals by any stretch, but Oklahoma City's building something. And, and, and the Thunder have probably as much draft capital <laughs> as, like, any team in the NBA. So they're not in a hurry to do anything. Remember, Oklahoma City, they tanked for long enough and now they're in a situation to where some of these young players, they're starting to reap the rewards a little bit. I had to look up while Subi was talking there, Tim Hardaway, his contract situation. Tim has another year on his deal after this one for about $16 million. Not shabby. And look, we just saw him a week ago against the Knicks in that game against the Mavericks. I would take Tim Hardaway scoring prowess off the bench any day of the week, but I don't know if he's necessarily available either. The thing that's tricky about the Knicks, you know that they have another move in them, as I said, but to what degree? If they're going to make that big blockbuster where we expect like that number one to come in here, that might not have to. Ha- that might not happen until the summertime. They may only have to make like a role player move before February in the trade deadline. That big splash move might have to be in the summer. You can use all of those first round, not all those first round picks, but you have a lot of first round picks you could potentially trade. I know that Evan Fournier is his one chip with his expiring contract to just say, well, you, you got to use that before February. Not necessarily, because what the Knicks can do is that they could still use Evan Fournier to be a part of that big blockbuster package in the summertime, and all you have to do, he has an option for next year. Pick up the option for next season. So he's still then technically under contract, and then you can go and ship him away in part of that summertime trade. We'll see if that's on the cards or not. Now, when we come back, We'll get to some odds and ends. We'll close it out with some phone calls. And, yes, the divisional playoff round NFL picks. I can't wait for it. You can't wait for it. Grasso Show, till the top, 98.7 ESPN. This this is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, you know what that music means. That's right. It is time for the Grasso NFL Divisional Playoff Selections. Let's get it going. Last week, good week. I'll take it. Two and one during the wild card round. So for the season, 27 up, 21 down, and three ties. So 27, 21, and three, that is not too shabby. Three games for you this weekend. Let's get right to it. And we're going to start with the game that kicks off the festivities on Saturday afternoon. It is down in Baltimore. It's going to be chilly. It's going to be cold. The Ravens can't wait to get back out on the field after having that bye last week. They're taking on a Texans team that nobody thought would be here, right? If you've listened to the show or the abbreviated portions of it that we've had the last couple of days, you might have heard me mention that I've had a weird feeling all week about this game. For whatever reason, it's just I, I don't know if it's something I ate. I don't know if I slept funny, but I've had a weird feel the last couple of days about this game. Lamar Jackson has struggled in the playoffs. 
despite his regular season brilliance, one that's going to probably net him his second MVP award in a couple of weeks. But in the playoffs, he's been a different story. What about the rust factor, right? They haven't really played a game, the Ravens, at least the guys that we're going to see tomorrow, since New Year's Eve. That's going on like three weeks. That's the equivalent of wishing somebody a happy New Year tomorrow. It would probably sound awkward, right? Imagine it playing itself out on a football field. How about this number? Given that Baltimore is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, do you realize in the last three years when the Ravens have been favored by a touchdown or more, you know what their record is against the spread? One and nine. That's not good, Bob. Is the stage going to be too big for the Houston Texans? I think they're playing with house money, personally. Even if they go out there and they get pummeled tomorrow, great season, job well done, the future is bright. And remember, I know the Ravens got a real good defense. Don't the Cleveland Browns have a real good defense, or did they have a real good defense? And Houston didn't have many problems with them in the first half. That offense picked them apart before the pick six happened in half number two. I still think the Ravens win this game. Let me be clear about that one. But the Texans are going to surprise. The Texans are going to make this a game, and they're going to make it a game long enough to cover the 9.5. So give me Houston plus 9.5, game number one for the weekend. Game number two, we're going to go to Saturday night. We're going to Santa Clara, Levi's Stadium. You still got a pair of Levi's? They're saying there might be some rain in the forecast. Packers, Niners, we've seen these two before on the same field in the playoffs, right? Do you know that the 49ers, the last six times that they've made the playoffs, they made the conference championship game each and every time. So you know what they got to do to keep that streak alive? They got to beat the Packers, right? Shouldn't be too hard. After all, Kyle Shanahan, 2-0 against Matt LaFleur in the postseason in their coaching careers. And that was when LaFleur had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. I think the Niners' run game is ultimately what's going to decide this one because I think it's going to be too much for the Packers' defense to handle. They are not good stopping the run. That's been the case all season. Plus, kind of a big fact, Niners are just the better team. They've been the best team all season long, in my opinion. Why change now in the month of January? I think last week the Packers went into Dallas. They played a good game. I'm taking nothing away from them. Jordan Love has been sensational for the last seven, eight weeks. But they had the right team at the right time at the right stage, just like Tampa Bay did when they had the Philadelphia Eagles drawn up for them in the first round. I know the number is a little big. I don't love the 9.5, but you know what? I'm that confident in the Niners. They were my Super Bowl pick back in August. Why jump from the ship now? I sure as hell ain't gonna. Give me the Niners minus 9.5. Pick number two. So for our third game, the big game of the weekend is Chiefs-Bills, right? That's the main event. That would be cowardly of me if I was going to pick three out of the four games and not pick the main event. I am not a coward. I owe it to my people. So we're going to pick this game. Chiefs-Bills, Bills a three-point favorite. They get Kansas City at home in the playoffs. Finally, as I said earlier, huge legacy game for one Josh Allen. Finally has Mahomes in their building. Kansas City, of late, and especially in that game against the Dolphins, I mentioned this a little while ago, they were awful in the red zone. Awful. But they got away with it last week because they were playing a track team from South Florida that wanted no part of the single-digit temperatures. They're not going to be as fortunate this week up in Buffalo where the conditions are going to be just right for the Bills. And maybe for Kansas City, too. We'll see. Remember, they're a cold-weather team. But this Buffalo team that at one point in November looked like they might miss the playoffs entirely, they've gathered themselves. They've gotten their ship right. I've had this weird feeling the last few weeks about the Bills. Maybe, after all, when you least expect it, maybe this could be their year. And if we're sitting here just picking sides, by the way, like mano a mano, your team against my team, Buffalo's got better players than the Kansas City Chiefs do. They're the better football team. They maybe were a little bit more inconsistent all season long, but they still found a way to win the East. They still found a way to finish with a better record than the Chiefs, and that's why they got this game in Western New York coming up on Sunday. Kansas City wins. They go to the AFC Championship game for the seventh consecutive season. That would bring them one shy of the Patriots' record of eight trips in a row to the conference title game. The only problem is is that that streak is going to end at six. 
I think Buffalo wins. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It'll be a close game, and that three number is good enough for me. Give me Buffalo minus three to keep this train rolling and get themselves a trip to Baltimore for the AFC Championship game. So the three picks, Buffalo minus three, San Francisco minus nine and a half, and Houston, to keep it close but not win it, plus nine and a half, the Grassa Divisional Playoff Selections here in the NFL. All right, a couple of things real quick on the coaching front. Everybody has Belichick signed, sealed, and delivered going to the Falcons, right? He's going to have a second interview. Well, guess what's happening now? Jim Harbaugh now has a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, if you were so dead set on Belichick, I mean, his resume speaks for itself. You flew him in on the private jet and everything. Why are you bringing in Harbaugh for a second interview? And the Falcons also requested an interview with Mike Vrabel for their head coaching vacancy. So I don't know what kind of games they're playing there. I don't know how this thing is going to end up. Maybe they're getting a little bit of cold feet that they don't want to relinquish as much control that maybe Belichick is asking for in these meetings. I have no idea. And these reports say that he wants to bring all his old buddies like McDaniels and his, old, uh, his sons to be on the coaching staff. Maybe that's giving the Falcons pause a little bit or at least somebody in that organization. Who the heck knows? We'll see how things pan out between now and when we get back on Monday. Hey, enjoy the games this weekend. Remember, this is the last weekend with two days of football. Enjoy it. Thanks to Julian and Chantel. We'll talk to you Monday at 630. Grass is saying so long on 9870 ESPN.